Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. So we started building our platform when the office opened 10 years ago, and we had the ability to grow it slowly as our agent base grew and add more features over time. So we didn't have the problem that a lot of big companies have where they're trying to create a massive platform, one size fits all and do it all at once. Starting off slow and smaller helped us really build features more and make things more granular and more really tailored through feedback to what the agents need. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. The real estate market changes every day, and these shifts are causing more confusion and fear than ever. What consumers really want is an expert who can connect the dots and explain their options simply and effectively. Keeping Current Matters is changing the way agents educate their clients by giving you trusted insights that build confidence and timely marketing content that helps you stand out from the competition. Keeping Current Matters makes it easy to be the market expert so you can spend more time on what matters most, your clients. Visit trykcm.com forward slash Realtrends to learn more. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Sean Frank, CEO of Mainframe Real Estate in Orlando, Florida. So welcome, Sean. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Um, we've talked before. We talked a little bit about your brokerage. So um, for our audience who might not know about it, um, I know you founded your brokerage in 2012. So tell me a little bit about um, your business model and your uh, focus. Sure. So um, uh, the company's name is Mainframe Real Estate. Uh, we're now one of the top independent brokerages in Central Florida, you know, I opened the office kind of because I was starting developing tech when I was working all by myself. And I got to a crossroad where I needed to stop developing tech or I needed to open an office and actually do something about it. Um, and the, the goal from the beginning was to focus on agents that were experienced, that needed services and tools and systems to really help sustain and grow their business. Um, and so we've really focused more on high-level services, you know, marketing services. We build our own tech platform and really trying to find ways to fill a lot of the gaps so that agents don't have to reinvent the wheel for themselves like they do so often. Okay. And how many agents do you have now? Uh, we're almost at 70 agents. Great. And um, so tell me a little bit about the type of agent that you attract or and, and how are you a flat fee or traditional, more traditional model? Talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. So um, we typically focus on agents that have experience. That's our number one thing. We don't want to be teaching somebody how to fill out a listing agreement for the first time or anything like that. Production level is not 
as important as knowing somebody that we have as a good culture fit that knows what they're doing that can uphold our reputation. Uh, but for the most part, we do have agents that are full time and make full time money in the business. Uh, we have a capping model, so you know, similar to other capping models, our, ours caps at ninety five percent because we're continuing to provide a lot of services for agents all year long. Okay, great. And we we talked before about your technology, and I want to get into detail about that. You know, there's a lot of different ways, um, a little different. Um, strategies for brokerages concerning tech. And, you know, for example, Remax decided to go with a third-party vendor after purchasing um, Bouge and, and trying to make that work for a while. So you have a unique platform that you built, and I know you even built like an e-signing part of it, which is is not something that a lot of brokerage firms are doing. They're usually using something that's already out there. So Tell me what makes your platform unique and then some of the lessons you've learned um, through building it. So we started building our platform when the office opened 10 years ago, and we had the ability to grow it slowly as our agent base grew and add more features over time. So we didn't have the problem that a lot of big companies have where they're trying to create a massive platform, one size fits all and do it all at once. And so starting off slow and smaller helped us really build features more and make things more granular and more really tailored through feedback to what the agents need. So that's been such a huge part of it. But what we do that a lot of, I think a lot of companies focus on CRM and other type of lead generation tools for agents, which are great. But a lot of experienced agents that have been in the business 10 years or so their phone rings all the time. They're not sitting at a database, making notes, all these types of things. And there's so many good CRM platforms out there already. So we focus in on transaction management, contract to close, because that's where busy agents spend most of their time. How can, you know, we asked ourselves, how could we optimize that process for agents, create automations, and really importantly, bring it into one system. Because I think the most tedious part of an agent's job now is, logging into this software and then logging into that one, downloading this so you can upload it there, copying it here so you can paste it over there. And I feel like that obviously creates a lot more work, a lot more room for error. And but we've really created a one platform for you know, managing contract information, e-signing, calculating their commissions. They can do all of their marketing, create social media graphics. We've really wanted to create something very comprehensive so that it served a lot of the needs that an agent has. And to take it a step further, I feel like a lot of brokerages don't have contract to close to solutions. They have e-sign platforms. They have a way that you submit for compliance and get paid. But the details of how to go contract to close are really on the agent to figure out and create their own systems. And so a lot of the agents that come over to mainframe, they're just so happy. They're like, oh, they can just plug into this system. I know how to do it. And then they don't, all these gaps that they had in their business start closing. Uh, so that's, you know, really been one of our main objectives with our software, even though we're doing so much and adding new features and things all the time, we really focus on saving time for the agents and making things easier for them. And tell me about your development team, because I know it's expensive to build a platform um, on your own. So talk to me a little bit about how that got started and your background that you brought to it. So my background is basically nerd <laughs> from, from the time I was young, just like 
wanted to know everything about what does this button do? How can, how can I, you know, everything jailbreak my iPhone at the time, all these things that I just wanted to figure out when I was younger. So I just have a, a broad understanding about technology, uh, but I, I don't code um, and I don't want to get into that. You know, I need to focus my time on things that make sense. So it actually started off with my brother as our lead uh, developer. He He's the one that did so much of the work from the beginning, but now we've hired tech teams overseas to really put a much bigger investment into our tech this year. And, you know, I would say that getting a good tech team together is actually pretty hard. You know, it's the way that I try to make uh, like an analogy is if you had 10 amazing authors writing a book and every picked it, everybody picked a chapter and wrote their own chapter, the book's not going to be that great, right? So you have to have a lot of collaboration amongst different people to make sure that they have the same storyline, that they know everything, how everything's supposed to work together and how you can have the best outcome at the end. Uh, we have a great team now, um, you know, a bunch of different types of people from, you know, designers to back-end developers, front-end developers. It's not cheap. And that's where I feel like you you really have to understand what you're doing before you get into it. If somebody does not have a technical background, they probably shouldn't get into tech. Uh, but there are ways that even small independent companies can find a way to get a little bit more customized with the way that they approach things. Uh, but they might need to hire people to help them with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about your growth strategy too. Um, you know, where do you want to take the company? Oh, it's a good question. I think the thing that I, you know, I tell people all the time, I opened the office cause I was young and naive cause I really underestimated what it took to grow a company and what it took to grow a really good company that has systems, processes, policies, a manual for everything. It's a lot. And I, one of the things I underestimated is that we're in a relationship business. And there are no shortcuts to relationships. And so we would love to start scaling in Florida. And we already have an a office in St. Pete that is small compared to our Central Florida office. Um, but we'd really like to find some partners in other Florida markets that can help us expand. We're really, there's so much market opportunity just in Florida. So we're not looking beyond there right now. Mm-hmm. But the sky's the limit, really. But we're really, we realize that we need the right relationships and the right partners in order to do that. And and how about your technology? Um, do you think it's easily scalable as you move forward? For sure, definitely. Um, I mean, it's scalable from like an agent level, team level, brokerage level. All of that is where we're, we've been growing with that in mind. When it go, comes to state to state, you know, we we can't anticipate all the different changes from state to state, but we're keeping those things in mind when we develop. So that's definitely been something we've always kept in mind, making sure that the software can grow or can scale, you know, with however we need to grow. And did you have any um, any outside capital to help you build it? No. <laughs> that's the one thing that's kind of nuts about the whole story. It's like people assume all the time, it was like, oh, your dad gave you money or whatever. It's like, no, I really, I burnt the candle at both ends for a long time in order to do it. And the the real estate company has fed into the tech side since the very beginning. And there's never been any money, outside money, no loans, nothing like that. It's really been very uh, bootstrapped. <laughs> as yeah. You would say. yeah, that's great. Um, 
Now, obviously, there's a lot of opportunity in this market, like you said, um, despite the national news and and the reports that, um, you know, the housing market is down. It is. But compared to the boom that we had, um, you know, we're still in a pretty decent market. Interest rates are, are higher, but they're still relatively low compared to maybe the 80s. So, um, where, how are you helping your agents adjust to this market and find opportunity? So the first thing is that trying to correct or change mindsets, because just like you said, we're not in a bad market. We're in more of a normal market, right? But it seems bad compared to the last two years. So I think just adjusting for mindset is huge. And I've been telling the agents in my office, for years now, you better be saving for a rainy day. It's not always going to be this good because I remember the recession and it was terrible, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure that everybody's in the right mindset and kind of making sure that we're controlling the narrative with our customers and we're not regurgitating the news headlines because they're all very scary. So I think that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to do. And I also remind people too, if we thought the world was going to end, it was in spring 2020, right? And we were dead wrong. So why are we going to try to predict what's going to happen next year? So but when it comes to the, the opportunities in this market, I feel like the value of a realtor is going up now because the last couple of years, you didn't really need a realtor to sell, so buy or sell a house as much as you will when the market's getting very challenging. So I feel like the opportunity right now is, Again, it's like harness all your relationships. People are going to need more information now with the changing market. What do you do if you're a buyer? What do you do if you're a seller? It's rapidly changing. And I feel like the opportunity for agents is to be a resource for everybody. To People always ask, how's the market? What's going on? This, that, and the other. And I feel like finding more ways to have those conversations with as many people as you know is probably the best way that somebody can stay relevant and and continue to get business through the changing market. So let's talk about some of your top producers. What are they doing now that's different from what they did in that market that and that you know that they're finding success with? So I'd actually say the top producers in our office are probably having to change less than the agents that are a little bit more in the middle. Okay. Because the top producers you know, they were already making a lot of money. Now they're making a little less than a lot, right? <laughs> so they're not as affected as the agents that are more in the middle and losing a couple deals a year is going to mean a lot more to them than some of the top producers. What we always tell people, I know it might sound like a broken record or maybe a little too cliche, is like, it's this is all about relationships, this entire business. It's like, it's like dive deeper with your sphere. You know, we, we just had a hurricane. Hopefully they called all their past customers. How are you doing? Is everything okay? Like, how's the house? There's so many opportunities to reconnect. Um, and I think more people are going to be thinking about the market more and mm -hmm. trying to make smart moves in a, in a challenging market. So I feel like at this point, uh, the market hasn't changed enough really for people to like have a whole brand new strategy. I think people are still waiting a little bit to see what's what is next so that we can actually know what we're adjusting to. Because right now I think we're adjusting to speculation, <laughs> which is not the very easy. But you know, we're telling people just 
dive into your relationships, you know, as many ways as you possibly can. Because really at the end of the day, all the other ways of getting business are not fun. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's prospecting the hard way, right? So diving yeah. into those relationships is really the only way that, you know, successful agents grow their business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about your recruiting. Uh, do you handle the recruiting or do you have a recruiter or what is I your do. strategy? So I, I do in part. And so does uh, my business partner, John Russell, who's also managing broker. You know, we're not because if we had just hired just any agent, it'd be really easy to recruit. I mean, the less an agent produces, the easier they are to persuade. Right. But when you're when you're talking with agents that do many millions in volume a year, it is a courting process that can take months or years. So uh, we really take the approach of building relationships. I know now I'm sounding like a broken record, but that's yeah. the only thing that matters really. I be, unless you have a big check to say, hey, here's your sign-on bonus. And we don't believe in that. It all really comes down to building relationships, planting seeds, and then eventually those seeds will blossom, but it, it does take time. And you know because we're just in central, we're primarily in central Florida right now, we really... We're literally just meeting people all the time, planting those mm-hmm. seeds, you know, and then it's for for agents that are looking, or I should say, most agents aren't looking to make a move. Complacency, they're happy people in general, whatever. And so all you you can't t- convince somebody sometimes to make a move when they're not interested. So it's building that relationship and keeping it warm and then going to the next one, <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, the we've realized at least in our opinion because we've really thought long and hard there's a lot of ways to recruit agents that i think turn agents off cold mm-hmm. calling mass texts email campaigns the agents in our office will send us look at this tacky email i got look who this person that doesn't know me is texting me pretending like they know me uh we really don't believe in that cuz we feel like we don't want to have that reputation so we really do it the old fashioned way with the building relationships yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, obviously, you're competing with um, some of the larger franchises and some bigger independents in Central Florida. So what do you, um, you know, what is your true value prop? Um, how do you compete against them? So obviously, there's a lot of different business models out there. I think that one of the the ways the industry is going right now is that there's a lot of really cheap brokerages to work for, right? You get what you pay for, but there's there there's still like a whole different subset, 100% companies and that sort of thing. But what we really focus on is, I mean, we do we provide a lot of services that companies don't like, you know, to marketing and design services, and just really having readily accessible broker support, really having a great tech stack. So there's a lot of things that I think when we sit down and show agents, they're like, okay, I I get it that you're so different. Especially a lot of the big box companies, the agents don't get individualized attention. You know, they don't get like consultative support and the kind of things that I feel like high level agents want. So those they're you know, so a lot of companies aren't doing a whole lot. So the bar isn't set very high. I feel like in a lot of circumstances. So that's very helpful. But I think too, that in Central Florida, at least, we have a really good reputation, a really good presence, really good agents that work for us. And I think that a lot of agents, I feel like we're kind of a good middle ground where we have like the big box tools and things that they would want. We have the our brand appears 
like we people confuse it with a big national company all the time because our presence is so good. But what we have what I think a lot of agents want. They want like an intimate environment. They want to like know their colleagues. They don't want to have a revolving door of agents coming in and out. So I feel like we create a little bit more, I'll say family environment for a lack of better words, because they know they're truly supported that they can call us, they can text us and we're here. Um, and I think that really means a lot when a lot of agents feel like they're getting lost in the shuffle at their bigger companies. And on the independent, when it comes to independence, like I feel like when it comes to what we do for agents, there aren't a lot of independents that can match up against us. Honestly, that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's hard to scale. It's kind of, do you want to be boutique or do you want to scale? And, and you, you know, that side of it is very difficult to scale. So, yeah. The hardest part I think on our scaling challenge is the type of agent we hire. If we were just hiring anybody with a heartbeat, like a lot of companies do, well, that's easy, <laughs> you know, but you want to hire agents that, that have a big book of business and want to be part of a more, I don't like to call us ourselves exclusive, but we do selectively hire, you know? So when you selectively hire, it's not the most, it doesn't match up with most brokerage models that don't do that. They just hire anybody. So uh, that's another challenge with scaling too, is just hiring the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about lessons learned. So you, um, you know, built your brokerage and you built your tech platform. So what are the, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned um, in growing your brokerage? Wow, there is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd say patience is key. Nothing really good happens quickly. And I think when you start off as an agent or a brokerage, you have to remind yourself, this is going to take years for it to be what I want it to be. And I think a lot of people just, just, you know, they might not, they might know it, but when the rubber meets the road, it's like, okay, now I see how slow it is to grow something that's going to be incredible. Um, I also learned the, the importance of when it comes to growing a company, really understanding people's roles and duties, the organizational chart, the chain of command, not trying to do too many things at once. I had, I was one of my biggest faults at the beginning was having more ideas and starting more projects that I could finish. And so really planning that out has been huge. And just in general, I feel like, especially on the tech side, there's an opportunity to waste a lot of money. (laughs) You know, we've done things and then redone things and, and really uh, making sure that you have the right consultants, the right professionals. That's such a huge part of it too. I mean, I honestly, I think the unfortunately, when you're going through all of this, growing a company, you learn trial and error sometimes. You learn the hard way. You know, hiring people is incredibly hard. You know, finding the right person for the right role. And you got to break some eggs sometimes, you know, make some bad hiring decisions. There's some things that... You know, I could just go on and on and on. There's so much to learn, but I would say the most, most importantly, at least my opinion as being a business owner, I was a, I was a bit of a jack of all trades to start off. I could do the graphic design. I could build a website. I could figure out a lot of the things that other people would be hiring out everything for that really allowed me to get things done quicker and less expensive at the beginning stages. Uh, But you have to be a master at everything because how are you going to run the company and guide departments if you don't know how everything is supposed to be done? If you were clueless about 
you know, marketing, and then how are you going to run a company, right? <laughs> so, uh, so you really have to be a bit of jack of all trades um, to some degree, and at least have the expertise to really be able to make sure all your departments are functioning. And I'm going to kind of go back to tech a little bit because I want to talk about agent adoption of your tech platform. What kind of adoption you have, and what do you do to drive that adoption? For us, honestly, adoption is easy. Everybody uses our platform. It's not, they wouldn't be able to function at the company without it. And a lot of times agents are really grateful. They're like, finally, I have, they, they, you know, our tech is a big part of our recruiting presentations. So a lot of times they like, we, we have a little disclaimer that we should use every time. Just so you know, when you see this, you can't unsee this and you're going to go back to the old way of doing things, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of agents are excited to get their hands on our tech because they see how much it's going to organize them and save their time. But that's just how they e-sign. That's how they have automations go out during the contract process. So they everybody uses it. I, I think that's the one thing that's great about our tech is that it's not, it's not optional in the, mm-hmm. in the fact that it will guide them through everything. They order marketing through it. it they, they check out their yard signs from there. So they're excited to get their hands on it. So adoption's never been an issue. Okay. So you you basically make it so easy for them and and it's just part of the way they have to do business when they join your brokerage, which is also hard to scale as you get as you get bigger getting that agent adoption. Um, but it's interesting if you start out as part of your culture, I'd be interested in how that does scale. Um, because if it's something that everybody is using and continues to use as you get bigger, um, it seems like it's a lot easier to get get people using it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know like our literally everything about our company functions through our software, agent invoicing. I mean, the way that we pay out commissions, everything. So I don't even know how we could how we or the agents could function without it. Yeah, but it's it's a it's really it's like like I say, agents are usually excited to do it because they have they're so used to this to really cumbersome processes that. They see our tech and for some agents are like, that's worth joining all on its own, <laughs> you yeah. know? And yeah. so, so a lot of them are just excited about it. And so it's, that part is really easy. Yeah. Um, obviously you, um, you don't have any core services, correct? Title insurance and that, um, cause yeah. of scalability, you know, it, it, there's a certain point where then it becomes, it makes sense. Um, is that something that's on your radar as you grow? Uh, my business partner, and I have talked about it a lot, couple, you know, we, we've been always been really proud of the fact that we don't try to push our agents in one way or another. When you hire an agent that's been in the business a long time, they come over with relationships and trying to break those relationships. is not going to work first of all, but we have so many, we, what we call advocates in the, the letter lenders and, and in the title industry throughout the region. And they like us a lot because we don't have any affiliations. And so a lot of our agent referrals come from other industry professionals that we're not competing against. And if we opened a title company or a mortgage company, we would instantly lose a lot of friends in this business. And we really rely on them for, you know, for good connections, for, you know, is a good, it feels it just better relationships in the industry is really what we've been focusing on. And we even looked at some numbers recently. It's like, wow, if we leveraged our title partners to help send us agents, we'd probably make more money than if we opened the title company, you know, and not have to run another and not have to run a separate business. 
and try to, you know, we we would make not enemies, but uh, we would lose the friendship of a lot of people in the title industry, for example, too. So what's next for mainframe? <clears throat> it's a loaded question. We've been, mm-hmm. we like triple down on our tech this year. We're doing yeah. so many things that uh, we really want to get finalized because I feel like once we have some of these new platforms down, we're rebuilding our backend system, which is a massive project. And then we're also building out an entire custom properties uh, search solution on our website. And once we get those things done, we're going to be, we're going to have a much tighter package uh, that we could scale. Cause right now, if the, even if we scale, a lot of our tech's going to be updated and changing soon. And by next year, we're going to have a much more solid tech package that we can start to, to scale with. And then we might be back to what we've tried in the past is like finding really good partners in other markets that like our brand, like our tech, like our vision, and that want to grow with us. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Sean, thanks so much for taking the time out to speak with us on Real Trending Podcast. Um, It's always interesting to hear what some of the independent brokerages are doing, you know, because you don't have the resources and and scalability of of a larger brokerage, yet you're doing you know, a lot of the things that they're doing, um, you know, on a, I would say on a boutique level um, and setting yourself up for that scalability. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment and we will see you next week with more news and insights.